I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. I want to do two things this morning. The title of my message is Hope, and I want two things to happen today. We're going to talk about reward, and we're going to talk about heaven. Lots of times in church, and it's okay to do this. We do it all the time. Every one of us need help in our daily lives. We need help in our marriage. We need help with our children. We need help in our finances. We need peace in our hearts. And we can spend a lot of time in church talking about how to get through our days, how to get through our weeks, and there's not anything wrong with that. All across this room this morning, I know many of you are facing battles. Many of you are facing heartache. Many of you have things going on in your lives, and you need that daily help with Jesus Christ, and we always offer it. Here's what I want to do this morning. I want you to look up a little bit. You know, the Bible says that we're on the road of life. And a lot of times when you're on the road of life, if you're like me, you can just kind of be looking right ahead of you. And you can kind of be just looking to see where your next foot goes. And in life, we just kind of get in that daily routine. And I want you to do something with me this morning. I want you to lift your gaze. And I want you to lift it from right in front of you. And I want you to lift it to the horizon. And we're going to take a few minutes this morning. And we're going to look at the promise of eternity. And we're going to look at the promise of heaven. And we're going to give each other some hope this morning that this life is not all there is. I thank God for this life. I'm blessed in this life. And I know many of you are too. But there is a bigger picture. There's a bigger story. So I want you to look up with me. And let's look into eternity. Let's look at heaven. I always think this in my heart. And I have for several months. It's easy in our daily lives, and I don't mean this wrong, and I don't want you to take it wrong, but we can sometimes feel like in our daily lives that, you know, Jesus doesn't matter. And, and I don't say that as an indictment. You're just, you're just busy. You're living your life. But I know this. There's going to day come when all that's going to matter is Jesus. That is the only thing that's going to matter, and knowing him as your Savior. So I want to start this morning in 1 Corinthians, and let's look up and let's look into the kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, That is what the Scripture means when they say, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love them. Listen, I want you to leave that verse up for just a minute, and I want you to look at it. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Listen, we have a reward coming, and it's going to be so special, so amazing, so wonderful, that your best day won't compare to it. Now, just for a moment, think about in your life. Think about maybe a season, maybe a time. Maybe it's when your children were small. Maybe it was a vacation. But all of us have, hopefully, all of us have good memories in our life. You can think of times in your life where, man, that was good. I can think about growing up in Amarillo, and I lived in Amarillo with my mom and my dad and my brother, and uh, our address was 2722 Nebraska Street, right off of Western, and I have so many good memories of that. I have so good memories of growing up, and my brother and I sitting on the front porch and riding bicycles, and all the things we did growing up, that was a wonderful season in my life. Okay, listen to me. That is not home. That is not home. Now, I, I lived there as a child, but heaven is my home. And the scripture says that I have not seen, I have not heard, nor have I imagined in my heart what God has prepared for those that love him. Listen, there is a reward that you and I are going to receive when we get to heaven. And it's going to be beyond anything we could ever hope, we could ever imagine, or we could ever think. It's going to be good. Amen? Amen. I want to go to another verse. I want to go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 3, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy 
that we've been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. I want you to notice two things in that verse. The first thing is God's great mercy. God's great mercy. Listen, Jesus went to the cross for Rusty Gray because Rusty Gray couldn't do it on his own. He went to the cross for you because you couldn't do it on your own. Listen, Christianity is not a self-improvement project. It never has been. Christianity doesn't make bad men good. It makes dead men alive. I was dead and now I'm alive. And it says that because of his great mercy, listen, God looked at his son and said, would you go to earth? He said, yes, I will. Will you take on flesh? Yes, I will. Will you die the death of the cross? Yes, I will. Will you let me raise you from the dead? Yes, I will. He did all of that because of his great mercy. Because of his mercy, you and I can be born again. Because of his great mercy, I heard the gospel as a 12-year-old. Because of his great mercy, you heard the gospel, and you said yes to Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy. The next thing it says, the last part of that, is that because of that, we can live with great expectation. Another word there for that is hope, but I love the word expectation. Listen, I want you to have great expectation of what? that God is going to take care of us, God is going to take care of the future, and the day is going to come when we're all going to be with God, all things are going to be made right, and the reward we're going to receive is going to be greater than anything we could imagine. Because of his mercy, I received his son as my Savior. Now I have great hope, I have great expectation of this life and of the life to come. Amen? All right, I want to read another verse to you. I want to go to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. It says, we have this hope. What hope? The hope of the kingdom, the hope of Jesus Christ. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Now, that last sentence is talking about when the Old Testament priest would go into God's presence. I want you to notice the first part. It says, you and I are supposed to have hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Now, don't miss that. Hope is supposed to anchor your soul. What does an anchor do? An anchor holds the boat steady in a storm. You see, when storms come your way, what did Jesus say to do? He said, oh, by the way, build your house on the rock. Make me the foundation of your life. So when the storms come, he didn't say if they come. He said when they come, when the storms of life come, you'll be solid and you'll be standing on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. If you don't, everything else is sinking sand. It says right there in that verse that my hope is supposed to anchor my soul and it's supposed to be firm and it's supposed to be secure. Now, I want to ask you a question this morning. What are you anchored to? What are you anchored to? Is what you're holding on to strong enough to hold you? We hold on to all kinds of things. I got two priorities in my life. I have more than two, but my top two are my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you were to ask me, Pastor, what do you want in life? I can tell you I want a daily relationship with God. I want a daily relationship with God. Then my second priority is my family. Now listen to me very carefully. I haven't built my foundation on my family I've built it on Jesus Christ. Because, see, if I build my foundation on my family, and don't get me wrong, it's my number two priority in my life is my family. There's nothing more important to me than my family outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. But family can be taken away from you. February 2nd, 1974 was my father's anniversary of his death, and he's been passed away for 42 years. He was 42 when he passed away, 
and this was the 42nd anniversary of his death. He's been gone long, as long as he was on the earth. Listen, I've lived my entire adult life from 18 to 60 years old without my father. And when my father passed away, when my father was killed in that accident, it broke my mother's heart and she died emotionally. And it just seemed like our family drifted apart and we just kind of came apart. And then we just lost what we had and we never got it back. But when I got married and I had my children, I was determined. I was determined that I was going to have a family and that I was going to hang on to that family, and I've done that. But my rock is Jesus Christ. That's my rock, right? Not my family. Now, I love my family, and I thank God for them, but it says that hope is the anchor for my soul and that that hope is firm and it's secure. I want to go to another verse, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually appear. Now, stop right there. Faith is my confidence that what I'm hoping for will actually happen. What am I hoping for? Well, I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. All things are going to be restored. All things are going to be made right. I'm going to read you that verse in just a minute. But my faith is in the confidence of that. Now, listen, we all have natural human faith. When you came in this room this morning and you sat in that chair, you turned your derriere to that chair, you threw the brakes off, and you just plopped in it. You did, didn't you? You didn't reach down and think, man, I hope that thing is solid. No, you just fell into it. Now, I don't mean you just fell, but you know what I'm saying. You knew that chair would hold you. That's natural human faith. See, my mother-in-law, she loves furniture. and her, She has a beautiful home, and it's filled with beautiful furniture. But she has some chairs in her house that are to look at, not to sit in. You know what I mean? They're real pretty, and they have that lattice work for the seat. It's no wood. It's like, I don't even know what it is. It's like hay or straw or something, you know? And they're real pretty, and they're real delicate. And if I were to sit in them, it would be bad. It would be bad. You know why? Because that chair would explode in a thousand pieces. And I don't want to have to work a week to pay for that chair. Amen? So there's chairs to look at, but then she has chairs to sit in. So I, I'm careful. I look to see. It's like Vicky will say, don't sit in that. That's not to sit in. That's to look at. Well, why in the world do you have it? Amen? My gosh. I want a chair I can plop down in, right? I want to be able to jump over the arm and land in it, right? Okay, listen. You did the same thing with that chair this morning. You had natural human faith. Can I encourage you in your spiritual faith? Listen, God can be trusted. And it says to put your faith, let me read it to you. We have this hope, excuse me, Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the confidence for what we have will actually happen. What's going to happen? I'm going to be with God for eternity. And it gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. Listen, I believe in a heaven that I've never seen. I believe in a Jesus that I've never seen. Now, don't misunderstand me. I talk to Jesus every day, and he talks to me. He's alive, and I have a personal relationship with him, but I've never seen him with my eyes. I've never seen heaven with my eyes. Now, I know some Christians who have, but I, I have not. Jesus said in the New Testament, blessed are those who haven't seen yet believe. And I know many of you in this room are blessed with that promise because you haven't seen and you believe. Amen. Now, the Lord ministered to me early on this year. He said, I want you to stay close to the shepherd. Now, in the Bible, God uses metaphors and, uh, to describe us, okay? And we're clay, we're servants, we're sons, we're sheep, 
we're uh, lovers. Those are all metaphors to describe our relationship with God. But when I say that God says to stay close to the shepherd, the metaphor there is that we're sheep. Okay, what do sheep do? Sheep can wander from the shepherd. They can get lost. And Jesus said that when one gets lost, what does the shepherd do? He leaves the 99 and he goes and gets the one. Listen, if you know Jesus, you're not going to end up in the wrong place at the wrong time. Remember what he said in John? He told the disciples, he said, hey, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you will be also. Now listen to me, that so comforts me. Jesus said, Rusty, where I am, there you will be also. I mean, I'm not going to launch and, and miss it. I'm not going to run by it. I'm not going to do that. Remember what Thomas said? He said, Lord, I don't know where to go. Remember, I, I still relate to that. Jesus says, hey, you know where I'm going. No, I don't. He said, yes. He said, if you have me, I'm the way. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you will be also. Jesus told me this year, stay close to the shepherd. Stay close to the shepherd. How do I do that? Well, let me tell you how I do it. I start my morning. When my alarm goes off, I get up and I get my cup of coffee that's already made. My coffee pot has a timer. And I have a place that I go. It's my sanctuary. It's in my house. It's just part of our house. It's in our living room. And I go in there and I turn on the light and I get my Bible and I read some scripture and I pray and I talk to God. Now, listen, it doesn't matter how long I do it. That, that, that doesn't matter. Okay? It's not about you doing what I do, but it's about you recognizing as a Christian, hey, God, I want to remind myself of your promises, and I'm going to pray, I'm going to talk to you, and I'm going to develop a daily relationship with you. I heard a lady one time tell a testimony about how she made herself get up in the morning, and she made herself read her Bible, and she made herself pray, and she said, you know what happened? I woke up one day, and I had a relationship with God. Okay, Jesus said to stay close to the shepherd and that's exactly what I want to do this year. Let me read you another verse. I want to go to Matthew 19, 28. Listen to what it says. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you have followed me, will sit on 12 thrones. He's talking to the disciples, of course. There's 12. Judging the 12 tribes of Israel, and everyone who's left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Go back to the first part of that. The first part says, Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you at the renewal of all things when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne. All right, hang on to that right there. Did you hear what that said? That says Jesus is coming. He's coming. And when he gets here, all things are going to be made right. All things are going to be made right. There's going to be the renewal, the restoration of all. I get goosebumps thinking about it. Jesus is coming, and he's going to make everything right, and he's going to rule the nations with righteousness. And that government we long for, that leader we're looking for, is going to be Jesus Christ. You know why in the tribulation it's going to be so easy for the Antichrist to take over? Because the world longs for leadership. The world longs for a political leader. That's why when you watch all them baboons on TV, thank you very much, you think, where's the true leader? You know what that is? That's your heart longing for Jesus Christ. And I, I don't mean to call them baboons. I repent. 
Pray for them, amen? Pray for them. The point is, is what does it say? It says there'll be the renewal of all things, and the Son of Man's going to sit on his glorious throne. Oh, I can't wait for that to happen. I can't wait for Jesus to come. You know, we've been lied to, and somehow we think that heaven's going to be this weird place. Somehow we think that this life is better than the next life. And I just read to you a while ago that this life can't compare to what the next life is going to be like. When you and I are in heaven and we see each other and we fellowship and we rejoice and you're walking through and you see that big, long pole with that sign on it, and all you'll see, you won't see me, but it'll say, Tulia. And I'll be holding that sign, and you'll go, oh, there they are. And we'll all get together. I I don't know if that's how it's going to happen. Maybe we'll use our phones. I don't know. But we're going to get together. And you know what nobody's going to say? Nobody's going to say how hard their life on earth was. Nobody's going to say how bad it was. Nobody's going to lament about any of that because the suffering, the Bible says, of today doesn't compare to what eternity is going to be like and how amazing it's going to be and that that hope is the anchor of my soul and that I know Jesus is coming and he's going to make everything right. Let me go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. I read this at funerals, but I want to say something. I wasn't going to read it. I wasn't. I told the Lord, Lord, that's a funeral verse. He laughed. He laughed. He said, oh, when did that become a funeral verse? Well, it's because I read it at funerals. And, of course, you know it's the Word of God. It's not a funeral verse. Amen. All right, listen to what it says. It says, we have a priceless inheritance. Don't you love that? You and I have a priceless inheritance. Now, think about what's priceless in your life, and I can tell you I know what it is. It's your family. It's your children. It's your grandchildren. You see, Stephen and Jessica lost something priceless last Sunday, didn't they? They lost something priceless. But now here's what I know. I know she's fine. She's with Jesus. She's not an angel. Because you see, angels are angels and people are people. We don't change. I'm not going to heaven to be an angel because we're different beings. Angels are angels. People are people. See, when you get to heaven, the Bible says you'll be known as you're known. When I get to heaven and Malcolm's there, I'll see Malcolm and I'll know him. And he'll know me. And I'll look as good as he does right now. <laughs> Amen. He's in his prime, right? right? He's in his prime, right? I'm foolish enough to think I'm in my prime, but I know better. Amen? Y'all know I'm not middle-aged, right? If I was, I'd have to be 120. <laughs> now, I don't want to be 120. Baby, do you want to be 120? No, we're going to heaven. Amen. We're going to heaven, and I'm going to do the backstroke in the river of life. You know, there's no, no swimming signs in heaven. You know that, right? Okay, all right. Look for the sign that says Tulia. All is going to be made right. Let me read it to you one more time. We have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that's kept in heaven for you. Don't you love that? Now, let your imagination just run this morning. First off, the the priceless inheritance. Of course, it's eternal life. Of course, it's we're going to live forever. Of course, it's going to be with Jesus. But you and I have an inheritance. Listen to me. It's in heaven right now waiting for you to get there. I don't know what it involves. I don't know what it entails. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's in a box, and my box is real big. Your box is real big. Amen? You just think Christmas is amazing. Wait till you get there, and you get to see your priceless inheritance. Listen to what it says. It's kept in heaven for you. Now, here I love this. 
It's pure and it's undefiled, and it's beyond the reach of change and decay. Listen, everything in this world is changing and decaying. I already mentioned that. You know, Malcolm's not decaying. I'm decaying. Right? It's true. I mean, as you get older, you know it, right? Gravity, that stuff, you know? Right? You get up in the morning, it's like, oh, my feet, right? It's going to happen to every one of you. See, if you're under 40, you don't know what I'm talking about. But payday's coming. (laughs) Payday's coming. When we're in heaven and you're here all hurting and aching, you just think about us. Amen? Amen. It says that your inheritance is beyond change and beyond decay. All right, the simplest example I can think of is how, you know, we eat bananas at my house. And when you buy them, you better eat them. Isn't that right? Because what happens to them in a couple of days? They look weird. They're all, right? They're all black and brown. And you got to eat them. Why? They're decaying. Your inheritance is not decaying. I love that. Listen to it. We have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance kept in heaven for you. It's pure and undefiled. It's beyond the reach of change and decay. Here's what I know. I've got loved ones in heaven, and I know many of you have loved ones in heaven, and they've received their inheritance, and I can't wait to get there and receive mine and be with them for all of eternity. Now, listen, I don't have all the answers about heaven. We all got questions. I got questions. I know this. Well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask this. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not going to do nothing but fall on your face. And then you're going to get up and go, thank God I'm here. You're not going to go, well, let me find my questions, right? You're not going to do that. Now, let me read you one more verse. This is Revelation 21, starting with verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, come down from God out of heaven like a bride dressed for her husband. Let me just throw a little nugget out at you. You know the earth is not our mother, right? The Bible says new Jerusalem is our mother. That's what the Bible says, not the earth. The earth's not our mother, New Jerusalem is. Listen to what it says about it. It says it's going to come down from God out of heaven, and it's beautiful, like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a shout from the throne, and it said, look, God's home is among his people. Listen, ultimately, that's where we're all headed. We're going to be at home with God. Amen? We're going to be at home with God. Let me keep reading. And we'll be at home with God. He'll live with them, and they'll be his people, and God himself will be with them. Then I love this part. He'll wipe every tear from our eyes, and there'll be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more crying or pain. These things will be gone forever. Can you imagine Jesus wiping the tears off your eyes? That he's going to take his finger with his hands that were pierced by the nails that paid for your sin, and he's going to reach up, and he's going to wipe your tears away. And there'll be no more death. Listen, folks, I'm so sick of people dying. I'm just telling you, I'm sick of people dying. I'm sick of it. But you know what I know? It's the last enemy that's going to be vanquished. But death is going to be vanquished. And the tears will be wiped from our eyes. And there will be no death, no sorrow, no crying or pain. And all, don't you love this? They'll all be gone forever. 
And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I make everything new. All things will be restored. I make all things new. And he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. You know, Jesus, all through the New Testament, you know what he says? Hey, I'm telling the truth. Truly, truly, right? Now, that's just King James. But he always said, hey, I'm telling the truth here. You know what God says? Hey, I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth. You can have hope. I'm telling you the truth. I'm going to restore all things. And he said, it's finished. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. Let me tell you something. I'm more thirsty than I've ever been in my life. I'm more thirsty than I've ever been in my life. All who are victorious will inherit these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children or their people. Listen, I just want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged. We have a reward. We have an inheritance. We are going to be together for all of eternity in God's presence in heaven. And it's going to be amazing and it's going to be wonderful. And I want you to be strengthened with whatever battle you're facing. Whatever battle you're facing, I want you to be strengthened and I want you to be encouraged. Listen to me. God can be trusted. Okay? When Penelope was going through her battle, you know, we begin to hear that she wasn't doing well. And I talked to somebody on the phone one evening. And this person said they don't know if she's going to live through the night. Well, when I hung up the phone, I just felt the life drain out of me. And I just slumped into a chair. And here's what I heard. God never does nothing. God never comes through. I heard it as clear as day. Listen, folks, that's darkness. That's evil. That's oppression. That's the devil. And I got up out of my chair, and I went into the living room where my wife was, and I sat down, and I got her by the hands, and I said, we need to pray. Now, listen to me very carefully. We continued to pray. And I know you can say, well, Pastor, she didn't get better, and she didn't come home. But here's what I want you to see. Here's what I was going through, and here's what I want you to understand. I decided that I was not going to side with God never does anything. I decided to side with God is good, God is faithful, and God does move, and God does care. And even if we don't live, we don't get through life like we want to, the promise of eternity still stands. That child is safe in the arms of Jesus, and God does what he says he'll do. And you see, there's a difference in thinking. You know, let me just, it's so simple and powerful to understand this. All of us have felt alone. See, there's a difference in saying, I feel alone, than saying, I am alone. Because you're not alone. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So I, it's okay to feel, hey, I felt like God doesn't do anything. But I didn't say, God never does anything. I went in and got my wife, and I said, we've got to pray. Now, many were praying, and she lived several weeks longer, and she fought a hard battle. And then I know what the Bible says. The Bible says the angels came into that room in Houston, Texas, and they scooped her up, and they carried her to heaven. And she's fine, and she's with Jesus. And we'll get to heaven, and we'll see her. You know, for a long time in my life, I couldn't wait to get to heaven to see my dad. For years, I couldn't wait. I'd think to myself, when I get to heaven, the first person... I want to seize my dad. But I don't think that anymore. You know who I want to see first? Jesus. 
Jesus. That's who I want to see first. Then I want to see everybody else that's there. And we're going to be with him forever. And there won't be any more tears. There won't be any more sorrow. There won't be any more crying. There won't be any more death. Because all will be restored. Y'all stand up and let's pray. Father God, I love you. Lord, this morning we look toward heaven and we look toward eternity. And we thank you that hope is the anchor of our soul. Lord, I pray you strengthen us. That Jesus, we want to stay close to the shepherd. You guide us. You lead us. You strengthen us in our families, with our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, in our community, in our jobs, in our church, in our families, that you strengthen us, God, to love and to be kind and to reach out and to take time to love each other, that we stay close to you and we stay close to each other. Lord Jesus, I love you, and I'm thankful in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Y'all going to be blessed. I love you.